Hey, brother, you there? Yeah, I'm here, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm here. Waiting for Dave to join the conversation one more time. Oh, okay, okay. Do we need to start off from the beginning? or let, let, Let's go on and start from the beginning. Here she come. Okay. okay. I'm back on. I'm sorry about that. I don't know <laughs> what happened. Is it going to kick me? How does that work? Is it going to keep, keep kicking me off after a certain amount of time? No, no, no. What happened was somebody called me and it shut us all down. Uh, oh, oh, okay. You gotta get that. You gotta get that secondary phone on deck. Man, you know what I'm saying. I, I gotta do some investing with Mr. Ross so I can yeah. get that going. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to get another line thrown on there. So you can use it through there. All right. But it's all good. Well, let's start from the top. Uh, once again, welcome to Marlin and Friends. Uh, I have my friend on the line, Dave Jones, who's always with me. Hey, y'all. How you guys doing today? And also, we have our guest today coming out of Atlanta, Georgia, uh, also by way of Los Angeles, California. He lived here most of his life. That's uh, right. Let's introduce Darren Ross, Mr. Ross, the investor. Right. What's up, everybody? How everybody doing? I'm doing well, man. We're doing well. Doing? Good. I'm good. Good. Yeah, man. You know, I've only been out in the ATL for two years, man. So technically, I'm still in Cali. You know well, what I'm saying? I'm just... I'll, I'm just out here for a minute building up something. That's all. You know, to me, you still, you know, homegrown. You know, it, it ain't like you never left. We talk all the time. So, you know, right, right. Like you never left. Right, exactly, exactly, exactly. What's going on, Day? How you doing? I'm doing good. Enjoying this day today, my day off. Running some uh, errands, getting things done. Oh, well, that's good. That's good. Always good to get things done. Right, right, right. <laughs> all right. Well, well, uh, Mr. Ross, uh, as I call you BLA, but you know that's that's a that's a homeboy stuff. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, I'm over here trying not to say BLA. I say it so much when I see you, but uh, right, Mr. Ross, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I'm Darren Ross in the social media world. You know, known as Ross the Investor. Uh, I'm president of AKP Acquisitions Group, president and managing managing partner. And also co-founder of Legacy Capital Group. Uh, I'm a dad of three boys. That's always into something, uh, books and all that other good stuff. I've uh, been married for 13 years to my beautiful wife, and uh, now I'm just an all-around cool dude. I just, I just love people, you know. So I'm, I'm here to get it in. Ooh, Hopefully, I can years today. You know, 13 years. Hey, God bless you, brother. Yes, that's yeah. congratulations. That yeah. is really a blessing to say that you're married three years to your wife. Thirteen years, excuse me, thirteen years to your wife with three kids. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a blessing. I must say that's actually the reason why I do what I do is you know because of them. So it's 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 all good. We need more people in the community, more brothers like you in the community. Oh, uh, see, Day, now you're ready to get the subject really started with that because I, I definitely <laughs> go into that. You know, we're going to say that for another time. I know people don't want to hear some of this business stuff, but no, you're absolutely right on that. We're we going to touch on that on another topic. But yeah, no, that's, a whole right. nother, that's a whole other podcast right there. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so you do all of that, man. So uh, tell us, tell us, like, uh, being that I am uh entrepreneur. I own a salon. Day is an entrepreneur. She works at the salon. She also owns her own eyelash uh, brand called Wispy Lashes uh, by right. Jones. So somebody like us, 
we always looking for uh, another stream of income. Mm-hmm. Uh, and being that you're an investor, like what are the risks and the and the gains with investing? You know, as an entrepreneur, we see it as hard-earned money because we got to get up and create what we make. It's not like we go into a job waiting for somebody just to tell us to clock in, do this, clock out, and you're done. It's like we right. have to get up and got to create ours. So for somebody that, like myself and like Jay, uh, give us examples of what we can invest our money in with what you do. Well, you know, the, let me, so, okay, so let me explain what I do first, because that's a loaded question right there, because it also, it depends. I stay loaded. Let's go. Right, right, right. You know, it solely depends on the individual. Now, what I do, people might not have an appetite for that. They might consider that risky, you know, but in actuality, my investment company, what we do is actually the safer end of real estate investing, and I'll get into that and explain why. So, you know, well, primarily what we do is we invest in mortgage notes, and mortgage notes are... When you go into the bank and you go to get financing and everything, right, all those documents and paperwork that you sign on saying that you promised to pay this loan uh, a certain amount of money every month at this interest rate at a 30. Hello? Yes. I'm here. Probably his phone rang. Did his phone ring? We're going to have to do this later. <laughs> It's too early right now. It's too early right now. We still making phone calls. All right, Jay. So you going to a bar or anything tonight? I don't know yet. I'm at the grocery store right quick. Okay. Well, I'm going to hit you later. And I'm going to hit him. Tell him we're going to try to do this a little later when our phones is calmed down. Okay, cool. All right, cool. All right. All right. Hello? Hello? We just had to go to a commercial break. That's all. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm getting hit. Like, what happened? Wait, wait. So, hold on. When they get back, we go, we go run right back into what are mortgage notes. Okay. Oh, okay. We just had to go to a commercial break. Welcome back. Uh, you was telling us about mortgage notes. Yes. Yes. So, the mortgage notes. That's uh where my company invests in, and. We usually look at non-performing mortgage notes and non-performing mortgage notes is when um, a person that has a loan. So let's just say they go into the bank, they get financed for a home. And during that financing process, this, the thick stack of papers that you got to sign to finalize a loan that has the interest rate in it. It has the terms of it. It has how much you have to pay monthly. And then it also has, um, the wording on what happens when you're late and how much you have to when that happens and a person gets behind 90 days or more what happens is the banks put that into what they call a non-accrual section of their books and so that means it's not generating any interest or any payments so once it gets past 90 days my firm, we come in and we buy these mortgage notes at a discount. And that's what happens. So we come in and we buy those mortgage notes. And then what we do is we get in touch with the homeowner 
And at that point, we're able to work out like a loan modification or reduce interest rate or reduce principal, whatever makes the situation works to try and keep the homeowners in their home. Quick question. What is, please explain what mortgage notes is to our listeners. So a mortgage note, that is, is a few things. It's uh, a promissory note, which is you're promising to pay back the loan um, that the bank is actually letting you borrow to purchase the home. And then the mortgage note also governs the uh, property. It shows that you're the owner. It comes with the deed and all the other formalities that make you that owner of that home. So, so it's really just become the bank. Yeah, basically my company becomes the bank, then a homeowner pays us at that point. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's, That's pretty deep, interesting. Right yeah. And one more thing also, what <laughs> about the um uh, you said when someone is thirty to ninety days late on their mortgage, it doesn't accrue interest. So is it only yeah. that month? those months that they're late on, it doesn't accrue interest or is it a period after that also that doesn't also accrue interest? Well, yeah. So, okay. So what, what happens is once you're 30 days late, um, your loan doesn't accrue interest. So what the banks do is, you know, of course in the state of California, you know, they have about 90 days before they can file a foreclosure process on you. So what happens is after that 90 days where you're not paying your mortgage, the banks can legally state that it's not accruing interest. So then at that point, you know, I don't want to really get too technical into it. I don't want to confuse listeners. But at that point, once it hits that 90 day mark, uh, that's when banks have like what they call a mortgage loan default insurance. And that comes in and covers some of that loan that they've loaned out because the homeowner is not paying anymore. So, you know, I don't know if you remember, you guys remember, but a couple of years ago, and it's still kind of going on to this day, you know, people were getting behind on their mortgages. So they, they try to contact the lender and get a modification and things like that, but they would get to run around for so long. Yeah. Well, that's because the bank was trying to get it to a point to where it got to that 90 day time frame where they can collect that insurance and then also they can impose that foreclosure. But you didn't hear that from me. But that's technically what, what they were doing at the time. And that's why a lot of them got in the hot water and got fined, you know, all these, you know, millions of dollars was because, you know, some of their practices that got them into that point. Wow. So it sounds like the banks were at that time letting you go into default, getting the insurance money, and then taking your property back. Right. Well, you know, because, you know, really the bank is into making money. So they don't want, they really don't want your property, you know, but after that's what you hear. Well, I don't know if you guys hear, but by me buying mortgage notes, it'd be some notes is like five, five to 10 years behind. And that, that has not made a payment at all. And so that's because the banks got so inundated with all the foreclosures that some some properties they just didn't even go after for a foreclosure process. They just wow. People stayed in their homes for free for a long period of time. So on average, so you saying for five to ten years people wouldn't pay their mortgage. As an mm-hmm. investor, 
or a realtor investor that you are, what is the average price that you will pay for a mortgage note like that? Ooh, well, something like that, that'd be like in the toilets. That'd be like down in, um, let's see. It also depends on where the property is at. Like if that was a California note uh, and it was five years, five or more years behind. So, okay. So here's a couple of things that happened before we get into that, that determines the price. When it gets that far behind, the first thing you got to make sure is it hasn't passed the statute of limitations time period where, you know, every state has a statute of limitations on anything financed. So uh, I can't remember what it is in California, but let's just say it's five years. So I think it's seven. It's seven oh, years? Yeah, I think okay. it's seven. Okay. Yeah. So, so what happened is from the time that homeowner originally stops paying and goes into default, from that point, they have from that point to seven years to where uh, it's a statute of limitations in there. So after that seven years, I can't collect on that debt by being a, a person that buys a mortgage note. Like if, if I don't come in and start that foreclosure within that seven-year period, once it gets to seven years, I can't come in and foreclose on that and, and try to take control of that property at that point. Because when you look at buying these mortgage notes, God, dog, what is happening, Marlon? Is it the reception? It keep kicking him off, though. It ain't kicking up. Or is it his phone going? It might be him that having a, a bad reception. Hold on. We're about to add him. Hold on. There's going to be some editing on your behalf. See if you go come back in. We want to thank everybody listening. This show is brought to you by Day Jones Wispy Lashes. Day, tell them about your lashes. Uh, Wispy Lashes is. <laughs> I can't stand <laughs> you. I can't stand you. I can't stand you. <laughs> Wispy Lashes is. Um... What? How do I say this? There okay. you go. Well, we got yeah, yeah. We got Ross the investor back on the line. Welcome back, Ross. Right, right. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right. I, I think that's your. I think that's your connection. That that's my connection. Hey, because me and Dave, we still on here. Well, man, I I don't have nobody calling in on me or nothing like that. So I I don't know what that's about. That's, that's all right, we seven. don't know all the, the ins and out of this podcast quite yet. May, may, so we, hey, just work with us. Yeah, maybe they don't. Maybe they don't want me to get this information out. Yeah, you know, maybe so, you, you're getting too deep on them. But. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll give it up too much or something, you know. But you know, these phones I, are tapped. Right, right, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> so where where were we at? I'm trying to remember where we were. Uh, you were saying, we were oh, about, go ahead, Marlon. We was talking about uh, uh, you starting uh, a foreclosure if you own the note and it's uh, within the statute of limitation. Oh, okay, yeah. So the, what happens with the statute of limitations is um, you have to start a foreclosure process within that statute of limitation time period. If you, if so, let's just say if my company was to buy a mortgage note and it's outside that statute of limitations time period, we could still buy it. But we will buy that mortgage note at a a fraction of what is valued at. So to give you an idea, let's just say 
the person owed a hundred thousand. So we probably come in and buy that particular mortgage note. Uh, it's past the statute of limitations, probably somewhere around like ten to twenty thousand, maybe. Okay. Okay. So at that point, you okay? Now you own the note. Mm-hmm. How how do you, you don't have to get too in detail? But how does that become revenue for you? Okay, so two options. So well, more than two options. But let's so let's just say um, we bought a mortgage note. I get in touch with the homeowner, and the homeowner is willing to pay, but they just can't afford to pay the default interest that the loan has went to. Because remember, now that it's defaulted and it's late, if it was at six percent, just for number sakes. Now it's probably close to somewhere at 10, 12%. Or maybe double. Yeah. You're being if, nice. It's probably doubled at that time. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you talk to them, you find out what's the scenario, what happened. The majority of them, um, they lost a job for a certain time period or a spouse passed away or someone got sick. You know, you just kind of get the background story and you get an insight into where they are. What type of financials and job capital do they have right now coming in? And then at that point, you can make a decision on how you can help modify that loan for them to stay in their home. So in a situation like that, I would probably just originally go back to the original interest rate and the original amount you were paying on that mortgage. I would look at uh, reducing or forgiving what they've already been laid on and just starting them off on a clean slate not reporting any of those lakes on their credit, getting all that stuff removed. And with that right there, get them back on track. And then now that it becomes a performing loan, I keep that loan for about eight to nine months. And then I can sell it off to another loan investor that wants to hold it for long term. And then I'll make a profit on the sale of that too as well. Man, that's a cold game right there. Right. That. Man, that's a cold game. You just and, opened my eyes to something. So, and quick question: Not to cut you off, right quick. So, when they do that process and start it over with you, does that mean they have to go back to thirty years, to whatever the previous, whatever you guys agreed on? Yeah, whatever. Say Ten years. Well, whatever that original contract term is, you know, we stay within the we stay within the confinements of that original contract term because um, by by us not being a loan originator, like we didn't originate the loan, we bought the loan on the secondary market. So we're just buying a loan based off the terms that's already in place, and we're just trying to readjust the homeowner still fitting those same terms, but just you know, maybe adjusting some of the other areas like the interest rate or something like that. You know, each each different loan is going to cause for a different what we call exit strategy. An so exit strategy? So that means yeah, exit strategy. So, so like reducing the overall amount. So let's just say if it was um, a $100,000 loan and you're behind Let's just say you're behind eighty thousand. Now I'd have probably bought that loan for, you know, maybe like forty thousand, fifty thousand, or something like that. So I could come in and be like, "Well, look, 
if you can pay me what you're behind and uh, keep the payments going up until the such and such date, I'll reduce your overall principal like about ten to fifteen thousand. Okay. So therefore, that gives them an incentive to get back on that horse and get everything going again. Wow, Marlon. Well, like I say, brush your brain. You know, this is just like a, a good TV show that uh, when it gets to the good part, it goes to commercial. Hold on, let me get my boy back online. game once again this episode is brought to you by day jones wispy lashes go to day jones wispy lashes.com is it that or is it wispy lashes day jones wispy lashes.com or wispy dot lashes on ig and facebook and once again, we back from commercial. That's right. We back. <laughs> we back from commercial. So, so hold on. Uh, take it, take it like ten seconds back, and explain what you was explaining again. Okay, so Day had asked me a question. Um, Day, what was that question you asked me? Because I get in my zones, and I'm just like. I'll just answer the question. Um, My question I, was: um, So when you when you pick up the loan, do that mm-hmm. loan contract starts over, and they have to start a whole another thirty years, or is it from the original loan of what they had agreed on, and just some of it is knocked off in the interest rate or however? Yeah. So yeah, so it's still from that original date. It's just we work out something to make up those late payments and things like that. So we really come in and we really end up being a lifesaver for the homeowner because we provide options for them to actually be able to stay in their home where the bank, they wouldn't do that. And they won't do that for a multiple number of reasons. Um, they, they just, but when it all comes down to it, the majority of them really can't because they answer the stockholders and things of that nature, and they got to bring them a certain return. So if they go through reducing all these loans and adjusting all this stuff, they can't meet their bottom line. So they're just rather sell them off and let somebody else kind of deal with the headache. Right. And get that money and get it back out loaning because that's how they make money. So they're not willing to take the risk as your company is willing to take a little bit more at risk. Right, exactly. Okay. So... So with your company, uh, when you buy these notes, you hold the loan. Now, do they have to have a good standing uh, paying their mortgage monthly before you sell off the loan? Yes. So that's where they have to have anywhere from nine to 12 months of good payment standing. And then I could, uh, I could sell it off if we choose to. Some we'll keep for cash flow um, and some we'll, we'll just sell off. Okay, and quick question. What if they are not in good standing and they really can't afford it and they end up going back in default? Where do where do we go from here? 
Well, in that case scenario, then um, we typically would sell the loans to another note investor that would be uh, that might take them to foreclosure. I can't speak for them, but we really try to avoid that. Uh, just because um, I went into foreclosure and lost my home. That, that's originally what got me started into real estate investing. Uh, so I try not to go that route. Um, the only thing I will foreclose on are apartment buildings. I will, I, I will foreclose on apartment buildings all day, every day. And the reason why I say that is because I'm not really um, putting anyone out of their home, so to speak. You know, the majority of the time, uh, multifamily apartment buildings, when they go into default, it's just typically typically because the owner just does not want to pay. But they're still getting that money, and they're just going off spending the money however they want to spend it. Yeah. Mm. You know. Great. Yeah. Th- right. So those are the only those are the only assets we kind of foreclose on is the apartment buildings. So so uh, how long you been doing this? Well, I've been doing the real estate. Well, let's see. I wanted, to, I, I, I'll say 10 years um, solid with going through the stages of it. I started out being a wholesaler and a wholesaler is someone that you find a property on the market. You go and talk to the owner. You agree. Uh, they agree to sell it to you at a certain price. So you get that property under contract and you go sell it off to another investor that has the capital to buy that, and then you make a spread in between. So let's just say if I talk to a homeowner and they're willing to sell their property to me for 280000 well, I get that under contract, and I go to a circle of investors that I know have that capital and that cash, and I tell them, you know, they could buy this property for 300000 so now I didn't just made a twenty thousand dollar profit in between that. Wow, only that, and you didn't even spend any money. You just got that under contract and went and sold it. I didn't. I didn't spend any money. Right, but you're making it seem like only when that could be a that could make or break somebody's life. As what? What? Wait, what was that first part? I didn't hear. I'm sorry. I said you said only twenty grand, twenty k versus yeah. You're not having to put out any money to make that money. That can make or break somebody's life if they're in the right spot to make the money and know the loopholes. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's definitely a game changer. I mean, that's what kind of got me started and got me on my cycle of, you know, real estate. The only thing is... <sighs> Goodness. <laughs> Another commercial break. Be right back. With my boy BLA, uh, aka Roth the Investor. His uh, feed is not that great. But he going to come back in. Once again, this is brought to you by Deja Whispy Lashes.com. These are mink lashes. They are 3D, they can, be, they can get wet also. Same lashes. There we go. And we got some commercial. All right. Yeah, like I was saying, I I felt like I was a dog always chasing my tail because you always got to be on the hunt for those type of deals and those opportunities. So that's why I quickly kind of transcended from the wholesaling. Then I went to fix and flipping. 
So what do you mean by a dog chasing his tail? Because what I've heard, what I got from it, because uh, as of right now, you just told me. Now, I know I got to get deeper into it, and I'm not, but I'm just saying, you just told me you will find somebody that want to sell their property. Right. Get that contracted, and then you go to your investors and sell it. And you right. Make a, that don't sound hard. How would you be but, chasing your tail in that sense? Well, because the thing is, it only really works real strong like that in a down market. So when it's you a gotta, highest market. Yeah, you got to be like, it, it, it's hard for that to happen right now in the California market. While you do have some people that's able to do it, and that's because they have such a network in place that is 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 there and people come to them they're constantly sitting on properties and stuff like that but if if you're someone getting started uh trying to wholesale in the california market right now uh man it's gonna be next to impossible to get a deal because quick, go ahead quick question uh, um you're saying it's hard for them to get started can you elaborate on a few uh tips on how people can get started in this investment in real estate investment what would be the first steps that they would need to take? Well, the first thing I would say is be edu- you got you got to get educated on it because what what might not be a deal to you, someone that comes along and that's a little more savvy and has a little more knowledge can make that deal work. And and that was some of the the hurdles I had to get over when I first kind of started because you just got to get started. That's the only way you're really going to know what to do in the situation. So you might have an opportunity and don't know it's an opportunity because you just haven't educated yourself enough. It's almost like you have to go back to school and really thoroughly engulf yourself in all the aspects of the real estate nuances and things like that. So it's it's not like a quick, and I know they had these little three-day seminar things and these gurus get up and talk and it's like oh yeah you could be making this in 90 days and all this stuff do not believe the hype on that you got to really build up a network of infrastructure it takes a little bit of money because you got to do some marketing you got to get your name out there you got to you got to set your company up website you know all that all that stuff or whatever so for somebody getting started I would just say really kind of go to what they call real estate. They call them RIAs and it's a real estate investment associations and they have those nationwide, every city. You could just Google RIA and then it gives you, uh, you could type in your city and state and it gives you a RIA close to you. Go to those RIAs, see what they're talking about in there, network, meet people, and then kind of decide on which aspect of real estate, you want to get into uh, start from there if you have no capital i would definitely say wholesaling is probably your best bet getting in but like i say that also you got to know that market though because it might not be the right time for it so would you say that i would need a real estate license in general do i need to go to start off at real estate school no i wouldn't necessarily say that the only reason why i say that is because the real estate license it forms boundaries for you um real estate agent and a real estate investor is two total different lanes and they can operate 
two totally different ways. Uh, a real estate agent is bound by certain clauses, contract agreements, things like that. Real estate investors are not. They can go in somewhere and they can make a deal happen and, and, and speak any way they want to versus a real estate agent. They can't do that. They have to be subjected to their, their particular client. And then they have certain laws that bound them from, you know, doing, doing certain strategies and techniques. So I wouldn't necessarily say becoming a real estate agent um, would help you be an investor. Okay. So it's not, necessary, it's not necessary to go to school and get your real estate no. license to become an investor. I tell you this, we, we, we started out that way. We thought that's what had to happen. So we had my wife go get her real estate agent license. And within a year, we canceled it because we realized the boundaries it formed. And it all depends on the individual. What are they willing to get out here and do? Some people just want to become a real estate agent get under a broker and just have somebody feed them, you know, homes is coming in. But, you know, when you're a real estate agent under a broker, you're splitting that commission that you're getting off of that property. So what well, is a total of 6% commission coming in, the real estate agent is getting three and the broker is getting three, you know, mm-hmm. so. So you're whereas, doing, so for, for in that situation, they're doing the hard work and the company is just the name. Right, exactly. Okay, interesting. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So it all depends on you as an individual. You know, if you're a go getter and and you know you're gonna go out here and make it happen, um, you know, I would definitely say the real estate side of it because you know. <laughs> my boy back off. He is. Really hot right now. He's on to something. Once again, this is brought to you by DayJonesWispyLashes.com. 100% Siberian mink lashes. Just like the lash extensions. You can definitely wear them with mascara. You can cleanse them. You can get them wet. It just loosens up the glue a little bit. But it's are probably more than less than half, half the cost. And we back. Right. So yeah, what you were saying, brother. That that you know, that's the difference. I just wouldn't necessarily say you need to be a real estate agent. Um I, I tell you, I've come into situations where a person has been a real estate agent for over 30 years. And they don't know half the stuff I know. Wow. Situation. Because so of it's, boundaries. Yeah, it's blown me away. You know what I'm saying? It's just, because I, so I used to be intimidated when I talked to real estate agents and like they, they've been doing real estate for 30 years or so. I'm like, oh man, I can't tell them nothing. Come to find out, I can tell them everything. They're like, what? I never heard of that. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. sorry. Yeah, so it's interesting. It's interesting. So is it that they never heard of it or they don't know about it because they don't edu- they don't continue educating themselves or they never was taught or they don't really care to really know this side of it? What is the Some, of, it, some of that is E, all of the above. You know, um, it, like I say, it's, it's based off that individual. Um, some of them, they get in their, their place where they only deal with 
luxury residentials or they only deal with, you know, properties that's in between, you know, um, half a million, you know, 150 to half a million or something like that. You know, you get in your little comfort zone and that's where you know and that's what you operate from. And so, you know, um, everything is forever changing. So if you don't elevate, get involved in any industry, you become a dinosaur and you just end up being extinct. So that's really what it is. All right. Well, let me ask this. Since we're all entrepreneurs on the phone, Day owns a company called Whiskey Lashes. Uh, I own a salon called DareToBeNoticed.com. Uh, if anybody want to check it out, if you're in the greater Los Angeles area, um, and you're this great uh, real estate investor, what do you think everybody should be a business owner? Uh, uh, what do you think about that? Because a lot of people I, I hear, I hear, uh, they they are looking for another means of income, but yet they're scared to leave their job. Well, I'll tell you like this. One of my mentors told me, he said, forget being scared, jump off the cliff, and build a plane on the way down. So, wow. <laughs> that, first, huh? <laughs> oh, wow. Build a plane on the way down. Yeah, yeah. With that being said, man, I I would say yes, especially in our black communities. That's one of the things that have us behind the eight ball and in and damn near extinct around here. You know, is because we don't get into entrepreneurship. You know, we we're we're constantly looking for that next job to take care of us because we think starting our own business is risky and everything like that, but. To be honest with you, going to work somewhere and waiting for somebody to give you a check is a lot more riskier than you developing something on your own and demanding a check. It's two different things versus waiting on a check and demanding a check. You demanding a check, you working off passion, you working off intellect, you working off you're a specialist in a certain area, so you demand that check and that check comes. But when you work for someone, you're hoping that check is going to show up every day and they not fit to wake up and like, Oh, we got to shut the company down and fire everybody today. Like what's yeah. been happening, you know, yeah. these past couple of years. Or so, not even just that. It's just also people coming in and it's a competition. Other people know a little bit more than you know, because you didn't really take the time out to educate yourself. Exactly. Right. That's, that's a huge point too. You know, I'm not into working for a dictatorship. And when I say that, it's just I'm not fit to go somewhere and work and work 12 hours or whatever a day. And you tell me I'm only worth sixty thousand dollars a year after taxes. I'm looking at, you know, maybe forty nine or something like that. You know, I'm not into that. That's not my thing. You know, so my thing is generating my own income, setting my own capital parameters and going after making goals, achieving those goals building something you know i'm a i'm a selfish dude so my thing is i want to build my dream and my desire and then be able to have invite other people in on that as employees or managers or whatever but because i decided to take that leap of faith and be selfish and build my own thing now i can employ people and offer you know help people with other opportunities that wouldn't be able they wouldn't be allowed to be uh, accessible to them because 
I didn't become that selfish individual and develop my thing. So yeah. that's 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 what I say. I say everybody should become selfish, go after your dreams, and build something around that. And therefore you can help a lot of people around you. So Man, I would I, say uh I, I like that statement because I'm I'm very selfish. When it comes to, even though I try to help He's everybody lying. that I can, he is not no, no, I try to help everybody, but that's part of my selfishness because I, when you're successful because of something I helped you with, it adds to my success. You know, when when I say that is right, right. When people when people hear of my salon and I got a good name out here, and others other stylists want to work in my salon, uh or people want to come get their hair done in my salon. I feel like that's the success of it all. And it's all isn't me, but it's who I help to become successful. Exactly. Exactly. So you're not saying that you're selfish in a term where you're not going to help somebody or anything like that, but you couldn't help them if you didn't become selfish and develop something that you're able to help them with. Right. You're you're selfish in a stepping stone, like perspective you're more of a right. selfish stepping stone right like, you know if you reached out for help and i vow nah, I, I can't fool with you on that level it's like no see you know god gives each one of us a noah's ark that we have to build and it's it's, it's up to us to decide we go either build that noah's ark or we go listen to everybody else that's telling us we can't do that or you shouldn't go after that or you shouldn't do that you know yeah. so that's what I mean by that. You know, Noah was selfish in a sense to where he had to zone out everybody that was telling him, man, what are you crazy? It ain't going to rain. It ain't this or that. You know, but he had to be selfish and listen to himself and what God was telling him. He built that ark and saved the multitude of animals and people that he saved or whatever. So that's what I mean by in that, in that sense. Yeah, that's, that's pretty deep. Look here, before before I let you go, because we Mm -hmm. we got a lot of great information from you. We got our uh, first ad up on the show. (laughs) 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 But before I let you go, uh, do you have any advice that you got for our listeners? Man, I tell people, if you're really trying to go after something and build something, you got to have a team. You know what I'm saying? Um, a team is so important because with a team, together, everyone achieves more. You can't do it on your own. And I, I went through those challenges myself starting out in my real estate career. And it was mainly because I was more so prideful and kind of embarrassed that I wasn't at a certain level, but not knowing that in order for me to get to that level I really wanted to get to, I needed help. Everybody's, everybody's going to need help. You know, so I would say just really forming that team around you. And, you know, the team could be just one other person starting out. And then it builds from there. It builds from there. It builds from there. But, you know, really just getting out there, going after your dreams, creating those opportunities for yourself and developing that team because those opportunities are going to open doors for other people as well. It's all about each one teach one. You know, we, we, got, we got to get back to the 60s where we was looking out for each other and, you know, trying to take care of each other. We totally lost that, you know, over these, you know, 
new transition of years and decades. And we got to get back to that with, you know, with our people, you know, so that's, that's, that's my, I would have. Well, let the people know how they can get in contact with you. If they have any questions, uh, even if they want to become an investor. (laughs) This is, (laughs) we are now having another commercial break. Dave Jones, Wispy Lashes. This episode is brought to you by the best mink lashes. You can wash them and the glue won't even come off. Am I right, Dave? No, you're not right. The glue will loosen up. (laughs) The glue will loosen up, but you will still have your lashes. Yes, they will pop right back into shape. All right, so so uh, as soon as my man get on, he's going to give you some information about where to contact them. Uh, if you if you need to any questions, if you if you think you want to become an investor, real estate investor, or if you uh, want to see if he can help you flip your money. Uh, hopefully, there, there you go. We back from break. We back. Oh, so how to get in contact with you once again. So that's www.akpacquisitions.net and Ross, R-O-S-S, dot the investor at gmail.com. And do you have any social media? You know what, Day? I do. And it's Ross the Investor on Facebook now. Okay, hold up. It's two profiles on Ross the Investor on there. One I have on a hat and the other one I don't. I'm, uh, so the one that does not have the hat is the one you need to touch? Get in touch with me on. I'm trying to shut that other one down. I was down. gonna ask that question because I I follow both. Just <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what's the- yep. <laughs> we back. <laughs> we back. But that was me that time, bro. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, that was me that time. My son called. You know. <laughs> Hey, hey, you're right. It's time to get that other phone. I, mean, I, I You know what? Next time I do this, I'm going to use uh, my iPad. Right, right, right. But yeah, your that, iPad that. is still, you'll have to turn off the other connection. I don't, it's not connected with my phone. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, but I'm not for sure yeah. how, how great the mic is. But um, we were we right. on your social media, bruh. Give me that one more time and we're going to shut this down before... Uh, <laughs> before yeah you know, so what we, we popular people that's all right 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 so my my uh instagram is ross underscore the investor and my facebook is just ross the investor darren darren ross the investor i'm sorry all right man i, I appreciate it. it uh you gave us a lot to think about uh i'm sure you're gonna get hit up uh with the listeners that listen because uh I I've never heard of investing the way you're talking about investing in real estate. Most people tell you to buy a piece of property, you know, either fix it fix it up and flip it. Uh I've never heard about the notes. I never heard about becoming a bank and all of that. I think I think that was very, very interesting commentary uh just for the listeners. Day, you got anything to say? 
I appreciate you sharing your information with the community and not holding it to just yourself. It makes a world of a difference. And I have definitely learned a lot that the only way of becoming an investor is a homeowner, which is the number one home, which is the number one investing that people always teach you. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and you know, even with that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that, but you know, hey, that's what the mass media put out there. You know, my thing is you want to create cash flow, you know, because you can get into a home, but then once you get into that home, that's all you can afford. So exactly. you can't afford to do invest. Yeah, because I've so, been a slave to a house before and it is not, Oh yeah. It is not oh, yeah. it, it I almost felt like the house was a liability than an investment. Well, it is. It is a liability. It only becomes an asset to once you pay it off or you can pull money off of it. Don't don't get it twisted. It's a liability until it happens at that point where it can be utilized for cash flow. Other than that, it's yeah, it's a liability on your books. Yeah. We don't we, we get taught the opposite, but you know, that's yeah, that's a whole nother story for another day. But yeah, we, we, we got a couple of segments we got to do. Cause well, we, we would definitely love to have you back, and hopefully you would love to come back and keep sharing this powerful information with us. All right. Oh, yeah, whenever, whenever y'all want to have me on, let's do it. Uh, give it up for Ross the Investor, the man all right. of the hour. It's, it's all good. I appreciate y'all having me on the call and sticking in there. All hey, right, thanks hey, for coming thanks through. Thanks for our commercial breaks, man. I appreciate you hanging in there with our commercial breaks. <laughs> all right, it's all, <laughs> it's all it's all good. It's all good. Till we talk again, my friend. Yes, all indeed. right. Enjoy the rest of your all, day. All right, y'all too. All right, bye bye. Peace.